On a serious note, 15 years ago, my father got into an accident and caused him to have a traumatic brain injury. He does things that really are not normal sometimes, and just last week, he did something I will never forget. He drank something. He drank something from a little child, and he drank titty milk. Welcome to Audio Shelf, a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. He drank something <laughs> from a little child. In the bottle. Okay, real story. Real story. <laughs> you let it in so creepy. Real story is my dad literally will drink and eat anything that's put in front of him. And so he was asked, he was actually tasked to feed my youngest cousin from the bottle. The mother of my cousin said, Hey, uncle Bob, can you feed Lily? And he said, Oh, sure. So he took the bottle out of her hands, started feeding Lily. And then he decided to, Hmm, what is this? What is this? I, I have a brain injury. I don't care what I'm doing. And he started drinking from the bottle and he, he, he looked at it, he spit it out. And he was like, what is this? What is this? And my cousin was like, Uncle Bob, that's my breast milk. <laughs> so I am told this story a week later after it happened. While and you're listening to wh- this book. While I'm listening to this book uh, all about sucking titties and breast milk slurping. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. Ugh. That's what that's what it's like living with someone with a brain injury. Just Booby milk. Booby milk, thinking it's regular milk. And eating everything in sight. I don't, I mean, why drink from a bo- baby bottle anyway? Why was he drinking from a baby bottle? I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't ask questions around here. Yeah, we don't. We can't. So anyway, can you tell us about the book that we are doing so that everybody can get <laughs> some stats? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so today we're going to be going over Exodus by Kimberly A. Betts. Narrated by Rick Gregory. The publisher is Case Publishing. And the audiobook release date is June 20th, 2017. The duration was 7 hours and 29 minutes. And the genre is horror, desert cannibals, horror, horror, and horror. horror. <laughs> gore horror. Gore porn is gore what porn. I think Sean described it as. Yes, gore porn. Yeah. <laughs> it was something else. Something else, and I kind of dug it. <laughs> it was the fastest seven and a half hours Oof. I've ever I've ever experienced. Yes. And I loved how every time you sent me text updates about the audiobook and where you were at the at that place, yes. you sent me a real housewife's Jeff. Yes. GIF or whatever you call it. Excuse me. It's not my decision to call it. <laughs> it is a GIF. <laughs> and I mean, Real Housewives is really what summed up my entire listening experience of this. I was just Nini. I was Bethany. I think there was a Tinsley one in there with, was that Tinsley? I couldn't really tell because it was tiny, but it said, I think I'm going to need a drink for this. That was Ramona. Oh, that was Ramona? I thought it was Tinsley. Might have been Dorinda. Oh, yeah. Either one of them. It was 90% New York <laughs> and then like 10% Atlanta. Yes. Because <laughs> those are the best of the franchise. Uh, of course. Um. So with the summary for Exodus, we have at the height of the Great Depression, 
Thousands of families who have lost everything are left with no choice but to make the pilgrimage westward in search of a new life. Some will find what they're looking for, some will not, and will then be forced to make the long journey back home. Then there are the others, those who never make it to either place, because they made a stop along the way in a town called Exodus. An abandoned silver mining town in eastern Arizona where nothing good ever happens and most folks never leave. The Carlsons, John, his wife Anne, and their newborn baby James are one of the countless families heading west, and they're one of many unfortunate families who decide to make a stop in Exodus. The sign on the highway promises food and gas, both of which the Carlsons need, but the sign doesn't advertise all that Exodus has to offer. It doesn't mention the torture, the cannibalism, the death. Caught now in a horrifying world of madness, Anne has to fight to save her family, Though doing so will push her to the very brink of her own sanity. A horror novel for mature audiences only. Yeah, damn. Straight mature audiences. Wow. Like, if you weren't Mm. mature, this is not the book for you. The book. And one thing this summary left out was titties. This is titty sucking. Was the titty sucking. This book and these characters were fascinated with some titties. They really were. I mean, the first, I think, 15 minutes, someone gets their boobs jiggled. Yeah. Someone gets ogled. Someone says, hey, can I get a, can I get a taste of that? (laughs) (laughs) When I heard that, I was like, I'm about no more good. Oh my (sighs) God. The quote of her being like, of of Anne feeding baby James, and then... (laughs) Vera coming over and being like, mm, when he's done, can I get some of that? <laughs> <laughs> and then Anne being like, uh, uh what? A, what? You know, and then Vera being like, can I hold him? Like, yeah, playing it off. <laughs> Vera was not smooth throughout the whole entire Vera, novel, but that part, she was like smooth criminal. Vera, Vera was gangster, though. She was straight up gangster. She was like, <gasps> she was yes, awful. I said, give me some titty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when she when Anne was then tied up in the mining shaft or whatever. She just went head in. Then she suddenly was like, give me that booby. <laughs> <laughs> she would like rip her blouse open and like take off the milk of her all that was dripping yeah. out and then be like, mm, you don't want to waste that. I don't want to waste any of that cream. <laughs> No, no, no. I was dead. Dear Lord. Oh, my God. It was like, Vera was like a kid in a candy shop when them titties came out. But with milk. Yes. She was like a kid at a dairy farm. Yes. Just sucking on all the udders. My goodness. It was, it was disturbing. (laughs) I mean, they made breast milk sound delicious. (laughs) Delicious. You were talking about me and sugary. I was like, I need some of this for my Fruit Loops. Yes, I. I mean, I've never thought that I'd hear a book all about sexual arousal to the female reproduction of things no. and milk and babies. No. It was just, it was wrong on so many levels. Oh my god, you're right though. It it really did make the female breasts 
completely sexualized. Completely. In, yeah, it made it made them very sexual in a way that I think now we're trying to get away from sexualizing breasts. Yes. And this just took motherhood to like a whole nother hood. And <laughs> I definitely can see how this is written by a female. Yeah. It was straight up motherhood. Uh, let me go into the full anatomy of a woman given like having being pregnant. Yeah. And let's talk about that pregnancy. And I don't think a man would ever have the balls to write a character. Or the capability. Or the capability to write a a character that gets turned on by having babies and them kicking around and stuff. I was like, this woman did not go there. She just went there. She went there. She went to places that I did not think were spots that could be gone Mm -mm. to. Mm -mm. So like Kimberly... Good for you. More power to you. You did it. I also don't hear a lot of horror, like female horror writers out there that are well known. Oh my gosh. But this girl, this woman, she can write a horror novel and make it as sick as the rest. It was like real gross. Like it Mm -hmm. was... So, okay, what I want to put out there is that I don't think the actual, like, story for it was incredibly original. No, no. It wasn't, it uh, wasn't really. Yeah, I was getting Texas Chainsaw vibes. I was getting. The Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes, Wrong Turn, that kind of, that kind of. All of those, which is totally fine Mm -hmm. because, you know, we draw inspiration from things of the past anyway. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was interesting that this took place during the Depression slash Dust Bowl. I thought that was pretty original. Yeah, that was really, yeah. really cool. But the scary parts weren't so much in the the jump scares of no. where these people were, what was happening with Anne. It was all in the descriptions yes. that made everything so just disgusting and mm-hmm. made you kind of like look over your shoulder to yeah. make sure that nobody was like in your house or following you it was the kind of thing where i was listening to this audiobook cooking breakfast in the morning how could you eat and i actually had to push the plate away yeah <laughs> i mean i made a salad for lunch today mm-hmm. while i was listening to the end of this yeah i couldn't eat the salad until i was done because yeah. <laughs> i was just like no and I, I told you i had a i also got a smoothie mm-hmm. and i could not drink the smoothie at all for my breakfast i was eating sausage i how i don't know i was like i was like i literally cannot eat this sausage because all i could think of were little stubby little fingers and the blood and little blood thank you both for making dinner today <laughs> but the meatballs <laughs> completely freaked me out like i am (laughs) unsure if i can eat meat for like a while yes oh my goodness the descriptions were intense they really were and it was just something that you could see the way it was explained was so plausible Mm -hmm. for that time Mm -hmm. just the need to survive but then a lot of it like i was saying the story wasn't really what we were here for yeah it was mostly all the descriptions and the way these characters lived their life because the way that vera and her brothers and their mother mm. lived they're heathens is that a word yeah but that's not even like i don't even think that sums it up they were well monsters enough. yeah monsters yeah they were vile yeah grotesque nasty were, yeah they were dirty, mm-hmm. but not with a U. Not with a U. They weren't dirty. They no. were. They were just dirty. Dirty. Mm. 
Ugh. So let's talk more about the audiobook and the narration by Mr. Gregory. Oh, yes. How did you like his narration? Um, I can't say that it was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely like what he did with Frank. Yeah. Because I thought Frank was creepy. I thought that all of the siblings and the mom were really well done with his voices. I think he saved a lot of his energy for those. Yes. And he did a lot more with them than he did some of the diner patrons and Anne. Yeah. But I have to say that the tone was very robotic. Mm-hmm. He just was kind of like flatlining throughout the entire thing. Exactly. I just, he had the voice to to be wonderful and really great, but I don't think he used it properly. So I want to piggyback off what you said about how he didn't really put too much effort into Anne. Yeah. In the beginning of the book, there was a scene that really, really irked me. And it was when Anne went to the diner when she first met Vera with James. And it was right after she just got away from the coyotes. So if you are getting chased by coyotes, your husband's missing. In the dark. In the dark. It is the Great Depression. You're alone. You haven't drank water in like how many hours? You got to feed your baby because the baby's crying. You got to give him that sweet milk. Yeah, you got to give him sweet milk. Are you going to be happy? No, I think I I would be perfectly fine. I would have a nice mist on me and I would be like, oh, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. I don't need sausage. I don't need water. No. No. I'd be like, listen, Find my husband. Yeah, I'd be like, I would have been distressed. I would have been breathing heavy. I would have been freaked out when Vera said, Can I get some of them titties? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I literally have a quote. I was like, When she talked, she did not seem distressed, even though her husband was missing. When the woman was saying, Oh, that's a beautiful baby you have. And she said, Thank you. She was like, Oh, thank you. Yeah, she said, Thank you. Like, she's like, Thank "Thank you. you." And then he was like, She was like, What's his name? And she was like, James. So for me, I felt like that narration was completely wrong. And then when Vera was like, oh, can I get some of that? And she's like, what? What did you say? (laughs) And then she said, oh, I want to hold the baby. And she said, I'm good. Yeah. You know, like not worried at all that I just got chased by coyotes. By bloodthirsty coyotes. These coyotes would have eaten you and your baby. Mm -hmm. And you just had to run probably a mini marathon Mm -hmm. to this building Exactly. And I have another note. It's when Anne found John mm-hmm. after both of them were kidnapped and everything else. And when Vera took the baby, she said, that nasty woman took James as that brute of a man hit me. I have in caps. Who talks like that when they're tied up and kidnapped and missing their baby? Right. I'm there was not, just no feeling. Yeah. There's no emotion. And I don't know if that I should blame the the writing for that because who would write the word brute when they're describing someone that just hit me? Like well, I, mean, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, guess that's a word to use. But I think that if there was more emotion, she could have been like, "And that brute hit me." Yeah, like that. You yeah. could do more with your voice mm-hmm. than what exactly. He did. And she was just saying so politely, all tied up. I'm like, no, this is not how little Anne is feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's how Kimberly wanted her to to sound. No, that's what I don't understand. I don't really think that that's how the character should have sounded at all. There was no exasperation Mm -hmm. in her voice. There was no, like, desperation at all either. There was just nothing. Mm -hmm. And then it was so quick for Anne 
to think of these elaborate plans to manipulate the siblings. Yeah. It was just like, oh, that's what I'll do. Oh, Frank, over here. Let's talk about how I want to join you and become a killer like you. Yeah. Or Vera, that's your baby now. And I'm like, no, Anna's not talking like that. Yeah. Like, even though she's trying to manipulate her, you're not talking like you're not talking like you're proper and you're you're prim and you're ready to to go and like good to do everything perfectly. Yeah. That's not how you talk when you're coming up with these plans. Like just his narration did not match the emotions that were written in the book. Yes. Did you hear any awkward pauses? Did I? I heard lots. Did I? Yes. Every single chapter there mm-hmm. was okay. Story time. I listened to this book at 1.6. Okay. And at one point in the middle of the book, I was like, you know what? I need to take it down so that I can experience it 1.0 mm-hmm. because that's the only way I'm going to get an accurate read on his narration. Mm-hmm. So I took it down and I'm listening to it and I get to the end of the chapter. And first of all, he sounds like a robot. Mm, very monotone. Very monotone. Very unenthused to be reading it sounded like to me Mm -hmm. but it also sounded like they slowed his voice down for some reason Hmm. like on one speed it just sounded very slow just very drowsy it wasn't yeah (laughs) brad is yawning right now (laughs) yeah i mean it just it didn't really sound like a real life person reading yeah so I got to the end of a chapter and there was no lie about 10 seconds from the end of the chapter. Silence. Really? Yeah. See, I listened to it at 1.5, 1.7 speed. Well, at 1.6, there was still about five seconds mm. of like complete silence at the end of a chapter. And then he would go, um, what was it? Was it chapter three or was it yeah. just three or something? It was chapter chapter three or chapter four. Mm-hmm. And then he would say that, and then it would be, like, another few seconds of complete silence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is there all this silence? Yeah. And there was also random pauses in the middle of the reading. Mm-hmm. So I think I know exactly what you're talking about, because the first one that I picked up on was when the narrator was saying or ex- describing Exodus. I think it was for... I don't know if it was for Anne and John or if it was for the two brothers at the diner, but someone was explaining Exodus to these characters and they said, Exodus, what a nice town. I didn't get a chance to look at it running through it or something, something along the lines of, I think this was Anne actually saying it's a nice town. I haven't, but I haven't got a chance to go through it and look through it. He pauses through the words through and it or between the he pauses between the words through and it and it was like a two second pause and he he said i didn't get a chance to run through it and then he completed the sentence oh god i was like what that was a huge pause yeah and even if it was in production they could have edited a little bit it cut out that little millisecond of pause at least well no they couldn't have because Mm -hmm. even when they edited the pausing or the breathing out or anything they would leave some of the previous breathing in oh and so you would hear it go uh him breathe in and then a sudden cut and then pick up 
when he was breathing out Mm -hmm. to start the next sentence. So it would be a real quick cut of a breathe in and then a fast breathe out. And then the words would be like smashed together almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was very inconsistent. So do you feel like because of the pauses and the long transitions that kind of took your mind off the story at all? Uh, I felt like a lot of his reading took my mind off of what was happening Mm -hmm. for a few seconds just because when he was in the middle of reading a sentence he would do one of those either awkward pausing or it would be such a quick cut that the words would run together Mm. that it wouldn't make much sense and then the robotic sounds would kind of take over but i can't say that it lasted too long because the material really commanded the attention yes I mean, the story was just interesting. Mm-hmm. It was mind-blowing. Yeah, it, it disturbing. was... Disturbing. Yeah, yeah, it was disturbing. And like I said earlier, it wasn't so much the story, but just all the descriptions that were in there mm-hmm. and just the oddities of these characters was so weird. I feel like if you're going to take this type of novel and narrate it... Yeah. You better be coming with guns a Yes. You have to have some creepy voices. You have to you be have there. You have to be distressed at all times. Imagine yourself tortured. Imagine your titty being sucked. Imagine <laughs> eating sausage that is probably not sausage. That is your husband. It's your husband's sausage. Yeah, you're eating it. Yes. And, ugh. And imagine, like, baby crying all the time. Like, did did this narrator ever hear a baby cry? Because that would make me just complete, just shut down and be like, ugh, frustrated because that baby won't stop crying. Because I feel like that's what the characters were written. I mean, that's the reason why Frank killed babies. Is yeah. because he got frustrated with the crying. He got frustrated with having to, to help Vera take care of the babies. This character frank was described as killing upwards of 15 children yes because they annoyed him mm-hmm. can you imagine how many kids would die if people just killed him because they were annoying exactly there would be no children so if you were to take this level of disturbing disturbing and gross and just yeah. sadistic yes you better come to the table with a knife in hand when you're reading this audiobook and stabbing things on the table. Yeah. To get that anger out and to get that craziness out. Yeah. Not just be very nonchalant about, oh, he's going to kill the babies. Yes. What? Oh, I wouldn't want him to kill James. I better think of something quick in order for him to not do that. Exactly. And Almost a direct quote. Literally. And I'm just like, no, it would have been like... I need to think of something quick. I need to do something. They're going to kill my baby. Yes. They're They're going to kill my baby. You know? Yeah. Something. Sally Field level. Yes. Give us something. Yes. I was just like, come on. I was like, I don't know. And you can't blame it all on the writing, though. Yes, exactly. Because the writing was there. Like I said, it commanded your attention. Yes. So that writing... Yes, there were some moments where there were things that were repeated over and over and over again. Over and over again. Or there was just moments where... Like, the dialogue just didn't make sense. For instance, the brute of a man. I'm sorry, but I would not describe someone as, that brute of a man hit like, me. Just punched you in the face, I would girl. say that animal just hit me. That, yeah. man, that beast or 
that <laughs> sorry i got ghetto right there no i mean <laughs> but that's that how is I would, how you would react that's how i would react so that's how i want a character that i'm yeah, reading about like, to react i don't know rick if you needed to be punched in the face get someone to punch you in the face if you need to be surrounded by breakfast sausage go to a safeway and pick up some bob evans breakfast sausage yes and cook it up and have it in the studio when you record and think about those actually being people. Yes, and this episode is not being paid by Safeway or Bob Evans. No, I just really like them. God, they're really good. They are. I don't think I'm going to eat I sausage. I can't eat sausage right now for at least a week. Ugh. But you know, if that's what you got to do, if that's what you got to fill your studio with mm-hmm. in order to get that sense of urgency. Yes, get in that character. Also, I... I'm not sure how strong of a rope Anne was tied up with. No. That rat was biting through it real quick. That rat was biting through her thumb real quick. Oh, oh gross. And That's why I don't like to, mice. She had to put... That's why everyone says, oh, why don't you like rats? Why don't you like mice? You're so adorable. No. They eat through things. They eat through thumbs. Okay? Okay? <laughs> they eat through poop rope. Yes, this was the uh, the rat scene in this book was equivalent to the Fast and the Furious rat scene where they put that bucket on that man's stomach and the rat was in there and he ate through the stomach and came up through the mouth. Which number Fast and the Furious was one. this? Oh my god, I don't remember that one. Are you yes. sure it was Fast and the Furious? I'm sure. Are you 97%? Can we get sure? our producer to look this up? <laughs> that is nasty and I honestly like the book descriptions were Ugh. just next level disgusting. I mean, it's like- I mean, when <laughs> <laughs> when Frank, first of all, there's a lot of incest in this book. There were a lot of incest. I think this book like just had, lived off like, of incest. They had incest with its incest. Yes, like, it was nasty. So Frank is one of the three siblings. There's Frank, Mimi. And Vera. Which, why are you going to name your son Mimi? I don't, like, is he from Rent? Yes. I don't it, even Does he want to go out tonight? Yes. Like, something. <laughs> he's lighting candles, that's for he's sure. He's lighting candles somewhere. He's lighting Vera's candle all mm-hmm. night long. So anyway, Frank, and then they have their mom, Effie. Oh, I love Effie. I love that name, Effie. Stop playing, Effie. Mm. Well, she was sleeping with her son. So, <laughs> and Frank was describing how they would like be together and that sometimes (laughs) she would fart out a turd direct quote direct quote and then he would have to go fishing for a farted out (laughs) direct quote again like i don't understand like you must be very talented if you can just sit there and think about hmm what what can I make this character do? That's our. That's not gross. Like it's, it's grosser when that what he's doing already. Yes. Oh, that's right. I will make him fish for turds. I will make his mother when she orgasms fart out a turd, <laughs> and then make him go look for it. How? How do how? I write that like, into words? The image that I had in my head was this guy. You know how in elementary school you do the parachute? Yes. In gym. <laughs> It was just a a turd on a parachute and they were like juggling it back and forth. And it was just like clown car music and just two people going around like crazy trying to get this poop out of bed. Like I. Effie was the most out of all of them. 
She really was. She was so messed up. She and was so... I can't even... No wonder them kids got messed up. Like, I don't <sighs> even know how to explain it. <sighs> it was just... I mean... And did you feel bad for them at all? Like... I felt bad at the beginning for Vera because I thought that the way Kimberly wrote her at the beginning and actually, interestingly enough, throughout the book, I periodically felt bad for her because I felt like she was just a product of her home life. Mm -hmm. She wasn't really this messed up. It was just how every the cards were were dealt to her and that. This is what happens when you are molested when you're younger mm-hmm. and when you continue this incestuous relationship and you enjoy it and mm-hmm. you really don't know any better. This is how you turn out, kind mm-hmm. of. But when it turned to Frank's point of view at the end there. Yeah. And he said that he knew that she never had a any like empathy for things mm-hmm. and that she was drowning a puppy in a puddle one time. Yeah. Oh, that pissed me off. I didn't care about Vera anymore. Mm-hmm. I wanted that bitch dead. Yes. And did you notice that another theme throughout this book, and I talked earlier about the whole idea of motherhood and women and how this is a female writer and there was just different tropes in this book that kind of were broke because of the female nature of it yeah every female character in this book was the one in control yes like we have Anne, who she was mom we need we needed that character because we needed her to calm down the baby when the baby was crying they went to Anne for feed him yeah they yeah they went they went and to feed him they went literally the source of life for that baby and the family and the family because yeah. don't get me started on vera frank sucking titties off of Anne. she was their vitamin d- a b c and d yes vitamin damn <laughs> <laughs> damn it was i was like oh my god they she, just she was supplying him with life they were making her titties bleed they get frank and his chapped lips mm-hmm. go to a rite aid go to a rite aid get an eos ball yes even those those things are dangerous because they had, they get the mold in there and they didn't exist in 1929 yes. or whatever this get was. some carmax get some like car- put it on there yes. and don't make somebody else's titty bleed for your enjoyment yes <laughs> <laughs> we're so <laughs> we act like this is normal now <laughs> i mean Seven and a um, half hours of this book made you think that this was this normal, which life. was which was crazy because the characters in the book that was normal for them, and yeah. it made me feel like I was traumatized and thinking, "Oh wow, this is normal behavior." Give me a titty to suck. Anybody got a titty to suck? Raise I mean, your hand if a titty suck. I didn't go that far. Oh, I did. I mean, I, I don't either because I, I wasn't like titties. For boobies to, to suck. <laughs> But I was thinking, like, I am never going to eat another diner. Yes, never, no diners. I'm not going to Arizona. Um, no, I don't. I'm not. Yeah, no. nothing about this book was appealing afterwards. But no, like I was I will saying, never sleep with my children. Never. No, that's gross. I Makes will me never, want to vomit. I will never allow my children to sleep with their siblings. Yes, that's that's a little throw up in my mouth right now. But like I said, like the women were in control. Effie. ran that household she was like i'm gonna dictate who sleeps with who then vera you like like you were saying you feel bad for her but then as the story comes out 
she is really the person that is controlling the men. Yep. And it's crazy. It was nuts. She was lying to Frank and she was sleeping with the Mimi. Mimi and I forgot his name. <laughs> the Mimi. Mimi me. And she was the one that said Frank keep Anne alive. Yeah. She she kept she kept everything going and then it was just but she was still evil. So evil. And it was just like but then Frank was and I don't think I think we were like one second away from hearing that and this is what I was hoping for. I wanted us to hear that Frank didn't want to kill the people. Like I wanted to hear so badly because Frank is the one that in the end I felt sorry for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt incredibly sorry because he was truly seeing the effects of the abuse that he was going through. Yeah. Vera, she didn't really care. All she wanted was babies. All she wanted was someone to sleep with her, a booby to suck on, and mm. she wanted that that sweet, sweet breast milk. Yes. She didn't care about anybody. Yeah. But Frank, he cared about how he felt. And he did not want to live that life. Exactly. And he wanted to provide for his family. He said... Yeah. I got to do this because this is what is bringing in the money. Yeah. But then eventually he was like, I don't know. I can't do this on my own, Mm -hmm. but I don't care. And that's why I connected with Anne. And we're not going to get to that part because we don't want to spoil it. But things got deep with Frank. Oh, yeah. And I I have to tell you, lots of character development in this novel. In the last hour for Frank. Yes, in the last hour. And I also loved how she... the, the author brought it full circle we started off with this conflict in the beginning and we had the same exact conflict at the end mm-hmm. but now this character that was in both conflicts was a stronger person for yes it. oh my god and she could she could approach it snaps like oh yes. i can't really snap but like yes i am snapping oh my god praise it was oh my gosh it was such it was such a different book it was uh, I would have never in my lifetime read this book nope. if it wasn't, nope, you know, given to us by yes. the narrator. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm glad I read it. Probably would never go for another book around it, like around that genre, just because I need a break. I mean, I need <laughs> to eat sausage at some point. Yeah, I mean, I love sausage. I love breakfast sausage. I love bacon. I love hamburgers. Yes. So. I don't know if I can eat another hamburger the same the way I did. Like. I'm going to constantly be like, who was in this burger? Yes, exactly. I'm going to cut open the burger and I'm going to say, is there any discoloration? What's that, this gray matter? What is this gray matter, is sir? Is this brain? What is this gray matter? Yeah. It, it, I Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I read it. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we got the chance to read this. I'm glad that we got exposed to Kimberly's booby obsession. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. At the, I loved it at the end of the audiobook. It was narrated by Rick, though. That would have been really cool if like Kimberly stepped in and narrated her part of the story because it was kind of like a oh, synopsis yeah. of how she came up with yeah. the story. Because she was like... And my husband, and it's in Rick's voice. Yes, yeah, so so I was like, like, wait, Rick, wait, you got Rick, a husband, Rick? Rick. That's okay if you do. Did you write this book? And so it was interesting, though, to hear how Kimberly came up with the story. She said it was her husband's idea, and she just kind of ran with it. And I really think she kind of in, was inspired by being a mother. And that whole idea of this is probably, this probably could happen. Yeah, I think it totally could have because the premise behind it was... 
very much survival of the fittest. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it was in these difficult times, what do we have to do to survive? That's what we have to do? Okay, we will do it. Yes. And that family, although messed up and very wrong... They were surviving. They survived. They had to. Or, I mean, they, they were getting by. In their eyes, they were surviving. In any way possible. Oh, Another, God. Oh, ugh, God. God. Just, ugh. Ugh, it's like you get moments yeah. where you're like, you start thinking of what Vera thought of when she had a baby inside of her. <laughs> I was like, ugh. but that's that's like different. That's like, that takes away my womb envy. I had womb envy, but when she was explaining that, I was like, thank God. Do you God, want my womb? You can have my womb. I was like, thank God I don't have, have to carry babies because, oh my gosh, is this what people really, I was like, no, people don't, people don't experience this. They, they can't. But they can't. They, 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 they really, I hope they don't. I mean, did you, you should, you should text message some people that you've known that have been pregnant and be like, hey, does this happen to does you? Does this happen to you? <laughs> Do you get like aroused? And I'm like. Do you, did you like. Feel some type of way when you were pregnant and felt that baby moving? I mean, like, listeners, we are not kidding. Vera touched herself when she was feeling things in her body move. Like babies. Babies. Or when she was letting James... Suckle Try to suck on her non-milkish tit. Yeah. She was... She... Like, I... Seriously, all the things that we have talked about are not even spoilers. Like not there spoilers. is such a plethora of gold, of liquid <laughs> breast milk gold in this book <laughs> that you need to listen to it. Vera would dip, would milk Anne, first of all. <laughs> she would milk Anne and then she would dip her booby mm-hmm. into Anne's milk. Have baby James suck on it, and then she would touch herself. <laughs> okay, so I can I just tell you something? Genius. I know. <laughs> Kimberly, you write so much gold. So also, for all those people that are disgusted with breastfeeding in public, please read this book. Yeah. This book is for you. I think it would put into the perspective a little bit more of how important breast milk is. <laughs> so you should listen to it and get over yourself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Believe me, if you listen to this book, you might not be so upset about breastfeeding in public. <laughs> there are plenty of other things to be upset about and breastfeeding in public is not one of them. Ooh, my goodness. I just... I mean, there are so many things to be shocked over. So many. I'm not even shocked anymore. I know. I like, feel like... I, what are those, like, those shock sites? Oh, yeah. Where they're, like, real crazy, mm-hmm. gross things. This whole book was, like, yes. a giant one. And I will have to say, that is, for me, a flaw in the writing a little bit. Because she does repeat the same things over and over again. And, I like, I got it. I got it, Kim. Yeah. We get that Vera gets turned on by this. We get yes. that Vera loves the act of touching herself. Touching herself and breastfeeding. We we get it. We get it, girl. We yeah. We, so, we yeah. might not need to be reminded 20 times a chapter. I mean, every single time Frank and Vera were in the same room together, I was like, "Oh my god, it's going down." It's going down. Something's going to happen. Something weird. Yep. Something uncomfortable. 
when Vera went to visit Anne, mm-hmm. every single time I was like, oh, God, Vera, just make this one normal. Yeah, just make this one visit, just a normal visit with you and the girls. Be a person. Like, be a person. Sit down and gossip a little bit. Yeah. Talk about your life and the challenges you've been through. Yeah, because I think the worst part when we were talking about, like, feeling sympathy for them is that, like, we would start to, at certain points, feel sympathy for Vera or for any of the member of the family but then very quickly it would turn into Vera being very vindictive mm-hmm. and it was just evil, evil things that she would do just because Anne said something to her. Anne didn't even do anything to her, but she would say something the wrong way yeah. and Vera would just latch onto it and just want to hurt her. Yeah. And it was like... It was like you're walking on eggshells every time you yes. spoke to Vera. Yes, but you wanted to like her. Mm-hmm. And it was hard because you wanted to like every single female character in this book because mm-hmm. it was so like and female th- driven. And, and that's maybe the difference between having a female writer and a male writer is men try to they either villainize women or they try to make her this innocent feel for her, even though she's a bad person, feel for her. Mm-hmm. But with this writer, she said, no, I'm going to give you what's real. Yeah. Like Vera is in charge of this group of little siblings. Mm hmm. And I'm going to show you who the real villain is. And yep. not even try to on purpose villainize her. Yep. She's just going to be real. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that part of the writing. I've never experienced female horror writers. So I, I was just like, wow, Stephen King ain't got nothing on Kimberly. No. Beats. Nothing. Woo. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Man. So I think um, we talked a lot about the content. Yes. We haven't, mm-hmm. I can't say that we've talked much about the narration, but we did touch on it a little yeah. bit. There were good parts. Like we said, he he had a lot of emphasis on the siblings, creepy, yeah. the creepy sib- siblings, the Effie, the just kind of the action at the end of the novel. Yeah. There was, there was a, lots of good parts. You know, I just feel like some of the parts that we thought were the cons of the narration kind of overtook the prose a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am interested to hear other Rick Gregory novels. Me too. And to listen to how he narrates other types of genres maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean it's possible that this was just a miss mm-hmm. and that he yeah. has plenty of hits in his portfolio. Exactly. And so I'm looking forward to hearing it. I must say that when it came to the end of the book, I can't tell if I was pacing the floor because of the writing or Mm -hmm. because of his narration. Yeah. But either way, I was up and I was out of my seat and I could not sit down for anything. Yeah, that last hour was, it just drove it home. I was like, yes, give me some more of this. I mean, I was sitting there like screaming. Mm -hmm. Another positive thing about the narrator was he was given this challenge of incorporating his voice and his narration with the music? Yes, in oh, the yes. beginning of the of beginning and end of the novel, and kind of sporadically, like throughout the the book. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. There was no music attached to those in the middle. But it was mostly in the in the beginning where they played the song. I like what they did. They played the song first without any narration. God, it was so creepy, and I also loved Kimberly's reasons for choosing that song. Yeah. At the, at the very end of the audiobook. So if you stay tuned for the audiobook, she tells you why she chose that song, which is really awesome. And her son found that song. Oh, my gosh. It's creepy. Ugh. But um, they in the beginning, they played the song for a little bit. And then probably like two minutes after, they played the song attached to Frank 
singing that singing that song so with the narration and rick gregory singing that song along with the music yeah and then they had him singing that song by himself so i was like while he was describing yes what was happening so i really enjoyed that his butchering yeah it was it was a very interesting touch and it did add a level to the characters that i didn't anticipate Mm -hmm. and i didn't think i needed but it was like really i appreciated it a lot yeah so yeah, I, I think that I totally would listen to another Rick Gregory book, but I can't say that I would listen to Exodus again mm-hmm. just because... I don't think I'm mature enough. <laughs> Not mature enough. <laughs> I would totally listen to bits and pieces of this and I would absolutely share it with yes, everybody. I would share it with everyone I know, especially mothers. <laughs> yes, I will... I will be talking about this book for a while. A long time. Yeah. So I think when it comes to shelving or shoving it, it's one of those times where it's a share. It's a sharing. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think I would shelf it because I just, I don't know. I just, this book, the material, I've never heard or read anything like it before. Yeah. And oh so gosh. it would definitely be something again, like I would share it with someone that I'm, you got to listen to this book. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be talking about this for a long time as well. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Good job, Kim. Ooh. So uh, that concludes our episode mm-hmm. of Exodus. Mm-hmm. Whew. It was uh, it was an interesting one for you. It was titty popping. It was. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Um, well, I I can't say that we have many things like this. <laughs> and but... sorry for our young audience who don't yeah. know what a titty is yeah but uh if you'd like to check out some of our other stuff follow us on twitter at audio shelf me and like us on facebook at audio shelf and please subscribe to us on itunes podcast google play music or stitcher where i mean there's other ways to titty pop to titty pop hashtag titty pop <laughs> Sl- hashtag slurp slurp <laughs> Hashtag Vera's wing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway. It hurts so much from laughing. (laughs) Please also check out our website because we have this cool little function where you get to click on this Audible link and download a 30-day free trial and get two free audiobooks mm-hmm. just for signing up people come on yes, now it's so easy and it's important to note that you can get your two free books and then cancel yeah with no i mean no thing being attached to it at all and you get your credits yes so and but what are you course, waiting for what are you waiting what are you waiting for and you can get two rick gregory books yeah so I, that's what I would advise. You need to get Exodus. You Please, you need to get Exodus. Please, we need to share this with people. We, we need, need to have a titty and, club. And then talk to us. Like, talk to us about this book, your your reactions, and just your thoughts about all this titty love. Yeah, and I mean, if you drink if you drink breast milk on the regular, please tell us what you think. And just, just to let you know, my dad doesn't drink breast milk. Breast milk on, on the regular. purpose. It was an accident. He was just curious about the bottle. He was curious. He said, hmm, this is probably real milk. But no, dad, it was breast milk. It wouldn't have even been real milk. 
If it weren't breast milk, it would have been formula. Well, he ate soap yesterday, so I don't know what is wrong with... If you have a TBI in your family, please document it, because it's real. Yep. (laughs) Soap, spitting up on the floor the other day. I'm like... He's like a cat. That's why you don't eat soap, Dad. (laughs) Oh, my Uh, gosh. But good. Good. Good, good, good. All right. Well, we're going to... Say goodbye to Exodus. We're going to bounce on out of here. Bye. Bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. On a serious note, my father has a traumatic brain injury. It is a dark past in my life. And I'm sorry. <laughs> my lips were like popping. <laughs> and just last week I found out something I'm never gonna forget. <laughs> I gotta start it I'm gone. <laughs> I saw the water run. <clears throat> Edward! Do I say titty milk? Edward? Is he, is he snoring? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her. He was straight up snoring. You did a little. <sighs> mouth oh, okay. breather. Okay. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> go you upstairs. need to go upstairs, buddy. Go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that one? Yeah, I was like. <sighs> It's like a vampire. Drink some and then go upstairs. Okay, then give me a drink. <laughs> give, me give me some of that. The descriptive. 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 Yeah, you don't stick your feet in somebody else's laundry basket, you nasty. You need Jesus. Go go pee. We'll, we'll hear when you're finished. He, he was laying under the chair. He was laying really nice, but he just kept going... Yeah. He was sitting. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't hear the tinkle string. This is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, do I need to go kick that thing? Yes. So, notice self don't flush toilets.